Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Alex Hoyer. St. Louis musician Jay Farrar's band Sunvolt is out with a new album called Union. It blends elements of rock, folk, and country, and takes a decidedly political point of view about divisions and inequities in this country. Farrar is originally from Belleville and was a founding member of the alt-country band Uncle Tupelo, and Jay Farrar joins me in studio. Welcome. Hello. What was your approach with writing this album? Uh, I was kind of, you know, just pulling ideas from headlines, really. Um, you know, there's there are songs in there where I was also kind of assuming a character, you know, so writing songs from a perspective of, you know, there's a song called Reality Winner. I found her, her story compelling. And also there's another song uh, where I was writing from a, a different perspective, someone else's perspective, a song called The Symbol. So I was really just kind of, uh, you know, taking in ideas from reading headlines and uh, putting it back out. That's kind of the uh, tradition of the bard, I guess. It's the, you know, kind of uh, musical background I grew up with, folk music, you know, protest music, Bob Dylan, Woody Guthrie. What headlines come to mind? Uh, in a song like... Um, <clears throat> Uh, let's see, the 99, you know, I, it, it started out, I was reading about the Dakota Pipeline protests, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I think, also mixed in some of my memories of the Ferguson protests and uh, even going back to some of the Occupy protests, you know, where 1% of the uh, population controls over 40% of the wealth. So uh, lots of numbers. <laughs> let's take a listen to the 99. This is the 99 from Sunvolt. In that song, you write and sing, imbalance hangs over, the 99% is down here, and you also reference uh, stuck in cement. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's something, while not all of the uh, songs on this album are political, uh, 
it definitely does have a political bent to it. It does. Um, you know, a song like Union, you know, tries to encapsulate mo- maybe more of a middle ground. You know, my my father was uh, uh, always put forth this ideology that, uh, you know, everybody should, should sort of participate in something that, that, you know, helps our country, helps our society. So that's kind of where that song Union came about. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of forces uh, pushing divisions in our country right now, so that's why I kind of turned back to something um, my father had always put forth as a way to bring people together. When you write these songs, um, do you hope it, other than being something that somebody wants to listen to, do you hope that it accomplishes something, or is it just meant as it's a song, it's a critique, it's great to listen to, listen to it? Um. It's kind of that, you know, going back to the, the idea that it's it's just a tradition of the bard. It's uh, kind of what I'm, I've grown up being commonplace, you know, being around music that, that kind of asks questions. And especially, uh, you know, I don't have any lofty goals, really. It's just, it's just more about, uh, hey, you know, this is going on. Hopefully it just brings awareness to, to what's going on. One of the most interesting things about this new album is that you recorded uh, some of the tracks at the Woody Guthrie Center mm-hmm. in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and also at the Mother Jones Museum in Mount Olive, Illinois, which is just about a 45-minute drive from here. Why did you take that approach to record in those places? Uh, there were several reasons, and one being that uh, I just wanted to get out of the studio, so there was a field trip aspect to it all. You know, There was that, but I also wanted to highlight the contributions that those folks had made, you know, Mother Jones and Woody Guthrie. And, you know, some of the material I was writing seemed like it was aligned with with, uh, their viewpoints. Let's start with Mother Jones, of course, a well-known labor activist who um, actually did quite a bit in Belleville um, Hmm. during uh, the protests about conditions of working in mines. Uh, But what is it about Mother Jones that spoke to you? I was really just curious to find out more about her, you know. Um, I remember going years back, driving up Interstate 55, and you'd see this little hand-painted sign saying Mother Jones Monument. Um, It was almost like folk art or something. And then, you know, when I found out there was an actual museum, I just thought, okay, road trip, field trip, let's get out of the studio, (laughs) let's go. What about Woody Guthrie? I've had a long-standing interest in, in Woody's music. You know, my parents, my mom in particular, had his records. So, uh, you know, you know, there's just a stark quality and t- to Woody and his, his, his I- ideology. There's also a precursor to Woody Guthrie that gets, uh, gets n- a part of this, this new symbol re- recording uh, on the song Rebel Girl. That's uh, Joe Hill, who was kind of a precursor to Woody Guthrie, uh, union activist, songwriter of the early 1900s. So I had never heard his version of that song, so I just put music to his lyrics. I know that part of your recording there at the Woody Guthrie Center in Tulsa was next to his lyrics of This Land is Your Land. What is it about that song that resonates with you? Uh, Just... It does resonate. It puts forth the idea that, uh, you know, this country belongs to everyone and everyone has to kind of speak up and uh, say something if, if, if they want to affect change. 
and this is your way of saying something. It is. Uh, NPR right now has an ongoing series called American Anthem, and uh, maybe a month ago or so, they they took a look at Woody Guthrie's This Land is Your Land. And one of the things that uh, people have said is that they think that's a more appropriate national anthem than the Star-Spangled Banner. And while that's all well and good, uh, the Guthrie family said, nah, that's okay. This land is your land is one for the people, not for the government. And I'm, I'm curious of your reaction to that. Um, I'd be happy either way. <laughs> I can see... <laughs> I can see the point of the Guthrie family, you know, that that definitely is true. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of other songs that would be better than Star Spangled Banner. Great song, though it is, but uh, <laughs> America the Beautiful is would be easier for everyone to sing as well. Is there a particular uh, passage or scene that Guthrie paints in This Land is Your Land that you either incorporate into the new album Union or that just means something special to you? Um, it's really, you know, there was a poetic quality to, to Woody's work, maybe more of a working class poetic quality that resonates, I think. Um, you know, but, but really it's, uh, you know, going back to Bob, his, Woody's influence on Bob Dylan. So I'm kind of getting it. It's interesting. I often find out about real sources of inspiration through other artists, you know, so in, in the case of Woody Guthrie, I heard about his influence on Bob Dylan first and then went back and checked it out in my parents' record collection. And, uh, you know, it's just, I think, the idea that you're you're out, out there writing, you know, Woody's travels, and I, I found that very interesting and appealing. Seems like you've done a lot of research for this album. Um, some. Just, uh, you know, again, just uh, soaking up headlines and, and going to a couple of museums, but... Uh, well, then I guess maybe absorbing the news and absorbing things in a way that a lot of people might not. And I was probably one of those people at times, you know, the recording process uh, being in Sunvolt, yeah, would often be different where I would, especially with the last two Sunvolt recordings where I would kind of focus more on, uh, you know, a type of music, uh, whether it was blues or honky-tonk country. That's something that I was curious about is your your journey over the last three albums. Each of them, uh, of course, sounds like you because it is you, but uh, you had the honky-tonk country, the blues, and now uh, the most recent album, Union. And I'm curious of of your path through these three albums in you as a musician and wanting to create some great music. Um, I, I just find that I like to drill down into into one thing and focus on it. You know, it's it seems to really spur the creative process, um, and you know, you really get to. It is almost like a, a project or something. You know, where you're you're just drilling down, focused on it, finding out as much about it. You know, with the the two previous solo records, maybe it was more the musicality of it, or was finding out more about pedal steel guitar or blues guitar tunings, you know, just, just finding out those elements. But, yeah, this time around it was more of a folk music uh, protest influences. And how did you approach the instrumentation in Union? For this record, Union, uh, I kind of wanted to get away from playing uh, a lot of alternate tunings. I did use some, but probably one of the primary differences with this somewhat record from the previous two is that 
there's a new new band chemistry on this recording. Uh, Chris Frame is playing a lot of the lead guitar solos, and also a uh, new drummer, Mark Patterson. I'm talking with Jay Farrar, frontman of Sunvolt. The new album is Union. A little bit earlier, you mentioned uh, that you were identifying with the working class. Uh, we heard that certainly in uh, the '99, and uh, I've always thought of you as an artist who identifies with the working class, even back to your Uncle Tupelo days with Graveyard Shift, uh, Factory Belt. But it's not always something that you've identified with. You, you, you haven't, to me at least, always identified with the working class. Why a return to this? Um, I guess it's cyclical, you know. Um, again, you know, my, my family was, was definitely bedrock um, middle class um, but so many of the artists that I uh, admire you know whether it's Woody Guthrie or John Lennon you know always sort of gave a nod to the working class how does your Belleville upbringing continue to influence your music hmm good question um, I guess there's a, a midwestern sensibility in there somewhere you know people have been asking me about you know at least trying to see all sides on this recording. It's not like uh, taking uh, one ideology and running with it. It's really trying to understand, you know, a lot of the turmoil that's going on and just just, just throwing it out there with uh, my particular perspective, I guess. What is the Midwest sensibility? <laughs> um, it may be to try to uh, find a middle ground, I think. Obviously, there's, you know, there's a lot obviously geographically, but also um, just just in terms of, you know, everyone in the Middle West has, in the Midwest has you know, relatives that are maybe in, on a di different side of the political spectrum as they are. So you have to kind of find a way to, uh, to coexist and get along. The album isn't all political. One of the songs, uh, The Reason, uh, didn't strike me as political. Let's take a listen. If ever there was a reason Dance around the sun But you may discover in time You may need to cut and run You say you like rainy weather Like they have in the Northwest Or maybe California Where everything seems best if ever there was a reason to get the lead out of your feet to the songs of saints and sinners take the bitter with the sweet you can see the rainbows something more than colored sky all the fury of the down Blessing in disguise. Jay Farrar, it sounds like the reason uh, to me may have been written to a family member. Is is that right? Yeah, I think uh, I definitely, you know, was probably thinking in terms of uh, both of my kids, really. Uh, you know, and there's there's that ambivalence when uh, your your kids become adults, you know, and you know that they're going to 
face a lot of challenges, but you're also excited for them, you know, knowing that there's going to be so many great experiences headed their way. Um, there's kind of a tradition of, of that type of writing, you know, Bob Dylan did a song, Forever Young, I think. Um, even uh, Tom Petty's song, um, Free Fallen, is kind of, I think, maybe written about one of his daughters. So uh, I decided to give that uh, tradition a go. You, of course, still live in St. Louis. You're the kind of musician who could live anywhere in the country, I think, and, and be successful. Why do you continue to live here? St. Louis has a lot going for it. You know, I, I, I just came from uh, Brooklyn, and I, you know, Maybe Brooklyn of 20 years ago I, f I found to be kind of exciting, but I, I, f I just came from Cherokee Street yesterday, and I, I find the energy down on Cherokee to be, you know, very exciting, better than Brooklyn at this point. What, what is your assessment of the music scene right now in St. Louis? Um, maybe I'm not the best guy to ask. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, it's diversified for sure, but, you know, from, but uh, when I was, when I was, uh, few decades younger, I, I got out more than I do now, but maybe in the next uh, phase of my life, I'll be getting out more. We'll see. What do you mean, the next phase of your life? <laughs> Kids are uh, going to college. Yeah? Yeah. Do you like touring? Uh, I do. You know, there's, it's, there's an element of practicing your craft, you know, where you've, you get out and you do your job every night sort of thing. So, you know, look forward to that, the camaraderie of hanging out with folks, uh, friends, getting to see people you don't normally see much around the country. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What about the promotion aspect of music? I've, I've talked with authors before, and they're really into writing the book. But mm -hmm. then when it comes time for the tour and doing onstage interviews, it's something that they wrote a couple of years ago, and they're just not as excited about about the talking aspect of of what they've written, where where do you fall into uh, doing interviews and the like? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, um, I was more of an introvert probably, and a lot of my writing was probably introspective. But uh, as time has rolled on, you know, I've found a way to uh, again middle ground. I think just to you know, you have to. If you, if you want to create, you have to be able to talk about it. So, Another song in the album is Devil May Care. What can you tell me about that one? Uh, probably midway through the, rec the writing process, you know, I realized that uh, there had to be some balance between the politically oriented songs uh, and there had to be another side. So songs like Devil May Care and The Reason sort of represent, you know, me getting back to finding inspiration just from listening to the music that I find inspiring, you know, whether it was The Replacements or The Rolling Stones or The Who, and, and that the essence of uh, those bands and finding inspiration there. So Devil May Care, lyrically, I was just kind of having fun looking at uh, music equipment boxes and just all the colorful language they use uh, to describe their, you know, amazing tones and stuff like that so it was a kind of a different way of writing as Let, well let's listen to it this is devil may care
That's Devil May Care from Sunvolt. Jay Farrar is here with me in the studio. And Jay, it has been a pleasure to talk with you. Likewise. Thank you. Thanks for having me. The new album is called Union, and it's available now, including on vinyl and streaming services. Stock all the same, just make it rhyme, and the devil